0: Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hi, my name is Helene Wasserman. I'm a shareholder in Littler's Los Angeles offices, and I'm also co-chair of Littler's Trials and Litigation Practice Group. You know, in this electronic era that we live in, email really is the new letter or memo. You know, historically, people spend a lot of time drafting their letters or memos. You all remember a letter. Those are the things that we would look at and we would review and then review it again and write it again and possibly rewrite it again, because we knew that once you put your name on the bottom, once you signed your name at the bottom of that letter, that is something that meant something. It had some significance. It was important. Same with a memo. In drafting memos that go into employee personnel files, for example, people would go through multiple drafts before they actually initialed it because they knew that was something that was important. In litigation, we see this all the time. One of the first things that actually asked to be produced is an employee's personnel file, which contains all of the letters and all of the memos that are in that personnel file that are of importance to that employee that are important to that employee's employment relationship. And if you go to trial, if anyone's had the opportunity of going to trial, then you know that that letter is gonna be exhibit A. And that important letter, whether it's something that actually helps your case or something that blows up the case, is gonna be shown to the witnesses and they're gonna be asked questions all about, how was this letter created? Why was this memo prepared? Who reviewed the memo? Who reviewed the letter? Is that your signature at the bottom of it? All those are questions that are going to be asked of witnesses and it's going to be blown up for the whole jury and the judge to see. Email today has replaced those letters and has replaced those memos as being part of what goes into employee personnel files. And you'd be amazed at how often people don't pay any attention to what they put into an email. Email is is a much more informal means of communicating than letters and memos are. People will simply shoot off an email. They won't use the same uh, Dear Mr. Smith and Signed by Ms. Doe. They won't have all of the same detail that a letter or a memo traditionally have. And they don't realize that emails are as formal a document as letters and memos are invariably when we get that same document production request in litigation, they ask for employers to do these e-discovery searches. And in that e-discovery search, they will be asking for each and every single solitary email that may have gone from one person to the plaintiff or from the plaintiff to somebody else. And they will ask not only limited to a particular window of time and not only limited to a particular topic, they will ask to see each and every single solitary email now we in discovery will ask them to try to limit that and sometimes we'll go and ask a judge to limit it but there is a chance there's a risk that every single solitary email between two parties may end up having to be produced in discovery and when that's produced in discovery that means that there is a chance that that email that is nowhere nearly treated as formally as a letter and memo used to be. It's going to be blown up larger than life for that jury to see. Do you want that jury to basically depend upon that email on your emails in making decisions that will impact this litigation or impact a possible jury trial? The fact of the matter is that managers email each other all the time regarding employee performance. Managers email the employees about their performance. Managers email human resources. And those are the types of documents that even though there might be a very broad discovery request, those are the emails that invariably will have to be produced in the course of litigation. So it's very important that employees, regardless of whether they're a management level employee or not, regardless of whether they're in human resources or not, realize that emails are important. And that emails, while they don't look as formal as a letter and they don't look as formal as a memo, emails have the same weight and same importance as the former written communication, the letter and the memos. So what are employers to do? Well, this may sound really odd, but we would recommend having training. Now, question, do I really have to train my employees on how to draft an email? and on how to, what they should say in emails, and how emails. and everyone knows. You go to your computer, you sort of shoot something quick off, type it off, hit the send button, and it goes. Why do employees need to be trained about that? Well, we do training all the time to employers about documentation skills. And having tried cases for 30 years, and having seen exactly how communications created in the workplace are utilized at trial, No employer wants to be faced with going to trial. I mean, some really like it. I don't know of a single employer who really likes going to trial. Lawyers may like going to trial, but clients tend not to like going to trial. And it's very difficult to wrap your brain around the fact that every time you create a communication, it may be used in trial. But it's important just to realize that. We do training sessions all the time about how to properly document, whether it's how to properly document performance issues, both praise and challenges, whether it's how to properly document an investigation, whether it's how to properly document any piece of paper, whether it's an electronic document that was printed and put in someone's file, whether it was an electronic document that is put into an employee's electronic file, or whether it's a memo or a letter that is sent off to the employee. We do training all the time, and the training consists of basically explaining to people how it is that you are supposed to put something down and review it and what it should look like before it actually is put into final form. We can do the same things about electronic communication for exactly the same reasons. Electronic communications are the same as written communications, and we just need to view them as such. People need to know where the protocols are, how to store this. It's challenging to realize that every time you hit that send button, it goes into some server someplace that is gonna collect this and save this document forevermore. People need to realize that it needs to also be placed into people's personnel files or people's workers' compensation files or, or people's investigation files. People need to realize those protocols. So we do training about how to create these communications how it is that e-communication is important and is as formal and needs to be treated as such as formal as letters and memos, and how to store that information appropriately. That's all sorts of training that we conduct. Again, in litigation, e-discovery searches occur all the time, and we also work with our clients in helping them. We have an entire e-discovery team to help our clients with how it is that you can retrieve that data once it is that you store it and store it properly. So next time you draft this email and you're drafting this email to an employee about an employee's performance to another manager about the employee, think of it as a letter. Think of it as a memo. And review it a few times before you hit that send button. If there's anything that we can assist you with, whether it's training on how to properly document and how to properly prepare documentation with an eye towards hopefully never needing to use it in litigation, but an eye towards how you want it to look if you end up in litigation, please feel free to give me a call. My name is Helene Wasserman and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other Labor and Employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com podcasts.